Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 247. That's 247, baby. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. And I think for the first time since Mr. Liam Keane has taken the job, me and you are doing a podcast face to face at the Express and Star offices. I believe that's right. It could be. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. We, we just done, came to me. We've done two face to face now. Two late night loves at Molyneux. <laughs> two late night loves at Molyneux. Not the yeah. first time here, yeah. But this is the first time here, so hopefully everything goes according to plan. We're, um, of course, uh, in the office because we've got a little Wolves women game tonight as well. We do. There's nothing little about it. No, there's not. Fun. Big game. Well, there might there might have been there might have been on the ras. You know what I mean? After celebrating <laughs> a stunning blame. stunning uh, a win, absolutely. <laughs> Come on to that a bit later. <laughs> um, after string league win on Sunday, so yeah, we're going to go and support them and uh, welcome them in and uh, guard of honour and uh, hopefully um, they'll go on and uh, get promoted. But we'll talk about that a bit later on, shall we? We'll get on to it. How was your weekend, Keno? Oh, I mean, I was so excited about this weekend because, you know, you, yeah, annoying you got to travel on a Friday night, but it's great to get the weekend started with a, a feel-good factor. You know, you can get on it, you're in Newcastle. You've got Saturday, you can watch the football, the job's done, you can see all the results come in, you've got the Grand National, and it started as badly as it ended. It was uh, it was, it was, was dreadful. But there were, there were good points to the Newcastle trip, but it just wasn't any of the football, was it? Pretty much. I mean, Newcastle is a great city, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate. What a city. What it's a up, city. It's up there in my at least top three in the UK. From a... From a, a lad's point of view, a girl's point of view, a couple's point of view, it's, got a, it's a bit, a bit history if you need it. Not that you, not that we were looking at history, <laughs> or that, you know. Uh, but it's it's great. It's, it's great class. crack. And and whether you go to Newcastle, January, April, October, doesn't matter. You've got everything there for you, haven't you? I thought you were going to say it doesn't matter what top of the year you go no one's wearing anything that's, that's, that's true that's pretty much that's true as well walking through true. Newcastle City Centre at midnight I'm like Jesus I'm, oh, in, a, no. I'm, in, a, I'm, in, a, I'm in a gilet and a coat and thermals we and a freezing, absolutely <laughs> freezing uh, I mean some of them it's absolutely astonishing Hello. maybe it's old man Judah maybe it's like oh in my day yeah it's, uh, I mean, the lack of material, that's just the guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you and Spears are getting on a little bit. So, uh, so yeah. when we were walking through uh, through the centre back to the hotel... Um, hotel yeah. wasn't hotel wasn't really what I'm up to in usual standards, mate. Yeah, your standards are very high. I was, I was happy enough, mate, to be honest. Was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, you know, I wasn't in the Ritz, but I was I was happy enough. I, I'm not one to complain. I mean, the food looked ropey at best at the bar when I looked at the old... There wasn't really a 24-hour room service that I'm used to. <laughs> Um, you know, there wasn't really a little study area, maybe a separate a separate room to the actual bedroom. The bathroom looked cramped at the jury's in. There was a funny smell. I didn't really trust the water there. Oh, there's no smell in my mouth. Um, smelling fresh. Some sort of shower curtain situation. What's that about? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the curtain, I'll be honest no, with you. No, where's your normal walk-in 360-degree shower with a little seat? Where was that? There wasn't a robe? No dressing gowns? <laughs> oh, God. No slippers? No complimentary how, slippers? How many hours? There was a carpet? How many hours did you spend in that room? Probably the view seven was or eight. it was going on to go into block cell cell block H. <laughs> cell block H. It was. Uh... You spent probably seven or eight hours in there, including sleep. So you can't really complain that much about no not, not being a robe or anything like that. Who cares? Well, I can and I will. Okay, well, fair enough. I can and I will. But uh, that was all right. Uh, we met Spears had a bit of sushi um, pre-game. Brought you some sushi to the he ground. Did. You had to do a little bit of work. Um, so he joined us later on. But for me, Kino, the highlight was not that, not the couple of drinks we had afterwards. The highlight for me, by an absolute million miles, was the most incredible breakfast on Sunday morning, of Saturday morning. Um, we had to wait, didn't we? We had to wait. It was worth it. We had to queue outside for about half an hour. Mm. But I produced, didn't I? Did I not produce? It was good. It was good. When I rocked up, I really did expect it to be a very posh gaff, but it was very... It was sort of like um, sort of a nice uh, normal cafe, and it was there were you know a lot of students around, and I was thinking this is not somewhere Judah would normally mm-hmm. take me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for my standards, I was perfectly happy anyway because my standards are a lot more. Realistic. Oh yeah, you but, were uh, you happy with a fried egg sandwich, weren't you, oh, from the yeah. local greasy spoon? <laughs> Weatherspoon's brekkie, mate. I'd, I'd have been happy. <laughs> um, but we got there, and my word, I mean, it was worth the wait. Oh. The food was 
gorgeous. This was cordon bleu, different class, but proper comfort food. Oh, it was so good. We had poached eggs, avocado on toast, the stacks of pancakes, <laughs> blueberry compotes, crumble, caramel, the coffees. I mean, no wonder there was a... It was absolutely packed in there. It took us a while, but it was... Un- for anyone who doesn't know, there's a place called Aiden... If you're ever going to Newcastle, Aiden's Kitchen, and book as well. We didn't book, so yeah. we had to wait a little bit. But Aiden's Kitchen... I promise you, if you ever go there, take a picture. Say we've gone there because of the podcast, and I'll I'll buy them I'll buy them a drink to say they've gone. I'll buy them a coffee. Just say just say oh yeah, thanks Wolves Poddy for our, that recommendations because it was. And and hopefully we're going to America pre-season there, Kino. Um, and there's going to be some. I'll be taking you some breakfast there. Oh, yeah. This was as close to an American quality breakfast, but with a little bit of finesse about it too. Mm. I've had anywhere in the UK. It was that good. It was that good. I was telling the, the missus the next day, and she was annoyed that I didn't take any pictures of it. But I was telling her that those pancakes I've had were probably the best pancakes I've ever had. Oh, genuinely, mate. they were that good. Like, and we only had the half stack between us. So yes, you know, oh, we couldn't finish it now. And I, I thought, I thought that was enough between the two of us. I mean, it was very cute, wasn't we? Just sharing our pancakes together over the table. It was very. It was. Uh, it was. We were very close for that moment, weren't we? Well, mate, I, look, I looked after you, mate, didn't I? I looked after you with the <laughs> you, bill, mate. Well, I, mean, I, look, I wasn't sure whether to mention that or not, but you did. Yes, it's very kind of you. Um, I was uh, forever grateful. But my word, it was worth every worth every penny, and particularly for me because it cost nothing. Absolutely nothing, mate. It was absolute <laughs> absolute dream for you. It was uh, so good. Did you get a winner in the national? No, I had a little sweepstake with some of the no. news guys here. Um, oh, there was something around, around the email. I, I, around I didn't the do that one. I did one that uh, I got. I'm still in a WhatsApp group with a load of uh, some of the guys that are still here, and some that have moved on and elsewhere. And I'm, I don't really contribute to the WhatsApp group. Right? No, no, no. But um, oh, mate, I, I, how many WhatsApp groups have you got that you like? Yeah. You scroll through them, don't you? I these barely, days, I barely read. And it you're like, oh, I've got. To, I'm just going to sneakily leave that group. Yeah. But sometimes you can't leave a group because it's almost brings attention to you that yeah. you've left the group so what do you do do you leave it hanging and then it gets lower and lower in your priority and then kind of like a year later you can like just delete it you can apparently you can archive stuff I didn't know that you can mm. archive groups kind of like mute them a little mute bit mute is the best oh, I've done that with a couple of groups I've muted them for like a year and then, yeah. then it's ended it's come back and I've you know I've looked a little bit through it muted again I've, I've barely touched a couple do you ever do you ever go back uh, Keely, yeah, yeah I mean you, can, you might kill yourself here. do you ever go back and you've got obviously your old contacts in there from you and you know, you might have seen a few friends or a few you know, young ladies or young gents, and you're like, oh, they're still on there. And you you think, oh, they've changed their picture. Let me just click on that picture to see what they look like recently. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, right, okay. And then you just click off. Just a little, you don't have to, you're not WhatsApping any messages. You just have a little click on the old profile picture and you click off again just to see, just to kind of like observe. We didn't, I swear we did not plan this beforehand, but literally yesterday. Oh, I love this. I, well, I promise we didn't plan this. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't WhatsApp. It was text messages. Because okay. basically, when I f- left uni, and maybe six months in or whatever, I was already at ENS on the news team mm. as a fledgling news reporter. Mm. Um, I went through my phone and deleted a load of numbers for people that I barely speak to. Yes. Don't, don't really know that well. I was like, I'm not going to talk to them again. No. I just deleted a load of numbers. Well, I don't know half people on our office floor, to be honest. So <laughs> let, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I still had a lot of text conversations left okay. that I'd never deleted. Yeah. And for some reason, I, yesterday, I... I, th- I was organising something with a bloke I didn't save his number through it was like some grassroots sports mm-hmm. thing I was doing and I thought oh, I'm going to go through and see what text conversations I've got with numbers that I don't have saved like it and there's a, like I, it. I, I, there's I, always at the bottom there's always yeah. those numbers plus four plus, plus four, yeah, four. Yeah, I, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had quite a few of them oh, and, and there was uh, <laughs> there was one or two that were wrong numbers there was one guy asking me if I um, if I'm coming to pick him up and kill Marnock excellent and I was like I, I replied to him saying there's wrong number pal he never replied to me great you said I'm on my way mate you're, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in five <laughs> tomorrow morning <laughs> um, and then I, yeah there was there was a few from people like on my course and people I'd hung around with briefly come on and I was Kino. like oh these are conversations I don't really want to be oh, I love it love it and I, I mean it's nothing like because obviously I was with the missus the whole time so it was nothing that, oh, it, it's never stopped your keynote before it, it has I'm, I'm a very I'm very, <laughs> I'm a very good boy um but there was a few that I was like, yeah, I don't really want to be re- reigniting these conversations. <laughs> there was something I couldn't even re- figure out who they were. But, brilliant, uh, brilliant. Yeah. It was, I, I mean, it's almost like you read my mind. I don't hey, even know. This is, but, this, is why I'm, this is why I'm 247 episodes deep. <laughs> In a long way round to your question, mm. no, I didn't win anything on the, on the ground, <laughs> on the national. I mean, did you? Uh, no, like second and sixth. Like, not, not, 
Didn't get the winner. I think I got a fifth or sixth or something like that. But I, don't mind, I don't mind the national as a spectacle, but I wouldn't want to be there. Because it looks... It, I mean, I saw some of the fights between people <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, I think it'd be good laugh. tanked up and stuff. Yeah, it's probably your... No, but Liverpool's... A, oh, it's an, oh, obviously, we went to uni there. It's an unbelievable mm. city. Mm. So Another great city, it's yeah. Great, it's great. That's got to be my number one because I spent so many years living there. Well, you can tell me what to do because... Um, like I probably said in the previous podcast, Mrs. On tour now. She's she's mm-hmm. she's she's away with a little mix. They're in Dublin tonight. Um, so our anniversary. Uh, don't tell me what year. No idea. <laughs> I think it's eight, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, well, you do you can do less for murder. Coincides with uh, so Burnley's on the 24th, and then of I, April, yes, of April on the Sunday, and ours on the 25th, which is the Monday. So she's in Liverpool that night. At the concert, so I'm going to potentially drive from Burnley to Liverpool, and then maybe spend a day with her in Liverpool. But I think if something, an activity to do that's not like boring, like wandering around or going for lunch, or you know, going to go and see a, I don't know, doing go to the Beatles Museum or or something. But is there any any decent thing in Liverpool that you could suggest? I don't want to go shopping. Do you know what I mean? Well, the only places I can suggest really are probably the cheapest place to get get pints or oh, <laughs> some students. Uh, I read that you go quad biking. I wouldn't mind going quad biking. That'd be good. Looks quite That'd fun. Good. I'm sure there's Although you don't, want to, you don't want to injure yourself either as well. You would as well. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be no, great, to be fair. Brittle bones based. Um, right, well, uh, that's the banter. The banter segment is 55 minutes long today after, uh, after <laughs> Friday night. Because um, we don't want to talk about it. We're going to have to talk about it because it was... Uh, it was... It was incredibly disappointing. It was underwhelming. And it was underwhelming and disappointing for a lot of different reasons. One, because Wolves were terrible, mainly. They were dreadful. And I kind of said this on the, on the post-match vid, that there was there's a way to lose a game. And this was not the way to do it. They were awful. Whether it was they're playing Man City or Newcastle or Norwich, any performance... If you put a performance like that over 90 minutes of football where you do not have a shot on target, you are going to lose pretty much 95% of your games. They were appalling. Regardless of the fact that, yes, they've they've got, you know, there was uh, no Raul and no Ruben Neves and they've got other players that are on the bench and maybe some players are still not fit and weren't available. Regardless of the fact, you can still put in a 90-minute battling performance and give it your best. And I thought that... No, it's not the worst scoring of the season, but from a disappointment point of view, and that's before we even talk about the rest of the results over the weekend, that was almost the most disappointing performance of this season. Mm. It was probably disappointing mainly because Wolves allowed Newcastle to not really get out of first, second gear and, and take the three points. Um, Newcastle were okay. They weren't particularly mesmerising, but they didn't have to be. That was the point. They They were able to coast... Uh, and that's the most disappointing thing for me because you can look at performances like you know Palace in both games, maybe Brentford at home. But there's been a few Arsenal, West Ham away. There's been a few very poor performances, but it didn't feel. I don't think any of those performances probably felt quite as limp mm. as as this one. Um, you know about that? <laughs> Unbelievable. You can get back in those text I mean, you're, you're a man of a certain age, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and the best way I can put it is that Wolves just handed the game to Newcastle mm. uh, and there was only really one winner based on chances, based on momentum uh, of the game and just really the the desire, I think. Uh, and that's that's probably the the worst criticism you can give a football team is that they had no real desire to win it. And I didn't see any desire at all from, from the Wolves' point of view. I thought they were they were very shoddy. And they, I mean, they got the warning sign was there when... Yeah, when, right. when you know, uh, Chris would put it in the back of the net, and it was a very marginal offside that that, that they got away very with. Very lucky, it was almost to be honest. Yeah, very lucky. And you think, my good God, wake up, guys! And you think, okay, at least the say in inverted commas weathered the storm. Like I said, Newcastle weren't much better, to be honest. But you get into half time, Bruno gets hold of them, and you know they come out, and they were a little bit better second half. It couldn't be much worse first half, but still nowhere near the level needed. And yet, you know, they're putting themselves in such a great position after that, after that win. And, and you know, if they won, if they, if they beat Newcastle, it puts the pressure on the other European contenders. And as it happens, you know, we saw saw Man United were as bad, if not worse, against Everton. West Ham lose as well to Brentford. Was it? I think it was Brentford. Or, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you think, and people say, you know, I said it 
can't get a much more frustrating weekend. And some people replied, well, yes, it was, but at least the other two sides or two or three, two of the three sides lost. I'm like, to me, that makes it worse. It makes it even more frustrating <laughs> that those sides did it because I feel like there's been two or three instances this season or in the last couple of months where they've done the hard work, they've got the wins, they've put the, they've put the run together, and then the one win on the verge of really breaking into that top six really breaking into, okay, we're right in the middle of this pack for European football now, and it's a winnable game, and they've just disappointed in that game. It's not just the Newcastle game, there's been two or three, you know, not against great sides, where you think, I think the Leeds game was one of them, and there was another one I can't remember as well, off the top end, where they're just one game away, and then they're putting a performance like that, makes it makes it even more disappointing for me. And and look, might end up costing the European football end of the day, those kind of the performances that, that might end up, when you look back at it, and you go, yeah, there's good games, there's bad games, but that was a game we didn't even come out and play. Mm. It, it's most disappointing because it's just a what if situation, isn't it? If what if Wolves had won that game, West Ham United going to lose? They, they're sitting in sixth, um, and that's the that's the worst thing about it because you, you, it's it was in their hands. Although it's hindsight, of course, it's in their hands to to go on and make that ground up on those teams. But if I'm honest, and maybe I'm maybe it's because I come from perhaps a too optimistic point of view, I think it it makes it better that Wolves had played the night before and lost because it, it is hindsight we're looking in. Um, it's not like West Ham and United have played Saturday, yeah. both lost, Wolves have played Sunday. Yeah. They knew they had the chance to go top six and they blew it. Of course, it's never good to, to put a performance like that in and, and, and fail to, well, and to lose and to fail to, to make up a, a better ground. But I think it does make it slightly better in my book that Wolves haven't lost out even more than they than they had already just with that one-off performance. So uh, they're still, somehow, they're still in it. <laughs> it's um, Because I, I totally agree that they've thrown away a few chances this year. I mean, you look at Arsenal-West Ham back-to-back, felt like big chances. Leeds throwing away that win, at, well, what should have been a win, that lead at home. Um, there's been a lot of opportunities this season that Wolves have got so have done so well to get really close on the precipice of a of a real good chance, and then they've just fallen short. And it and it felt like that again. And I suppose in some ways it is because of uh, the way they've lost, uh, the way the other teams have lost. But the fact that they played the night before for me makes it slightly better, and it just means that they've, they're still there somehow. They're still there surviving, and they've, got, they've still got a great chance of doing it. Which for all of the Anger and pessimism around the result, rightly so, because they were they were very poor. Um, despite all that, they're still there. They're still in it, and and that's the the biggest thing. They've got a lot to play for in six games, albeit six games, three against the top three teams. It's it's not going to be easy. Um, it's it's interesting because you look at that team and you look at the team that was so poor. And I mentioned no Raúl, and I mentioned no. Ruben Neves, and then you add to that Leonard Endonka missing, you add to that um, no Pedence. no Daniel Pedence, and you think, okay, should Wolves now be relying, should Wolves be in the situation where they're now relying on a 36-year-old Jean Moutinho and a 19-year-old Luke Kundal in the centre of midfield in a, in a must-win, or at least must-not-lose game of football, really, in order to try and get European football, get them right in this hunt. Should that be allowed? Have have Wolves made a mistake here from a recruitment point of view? Is it starting to bite them now, the nitty-gritty of the season? And let's be honest, you know, Wolves might not get a better chance of European football for another five years, ten years. I hope they do, but they might not be. They're in a great position now. And they've done very well with injuries and they've managed the players well and the likes of Neves and Moutinho have, have kept on performing. Is, is this and the recruitment situation in the summer and in previous seasons now starting to bite them when it really matters? And could one to two additions or quality additions when they perhaps maybe they could or maybe sh- perhaps should have been made, could that be the difference now between European football and, and missing out? Well, the short answer is I think yes, mm. uh, it could be. Uh, I think we've said this all along, both of us on, on this podcast, that we both felt in January they needed one potentially two signings and we both particularly said midfield now the argument from from those that, that think otherwise and, and perhaps some people at the club will be you know you, you can't account for injuries there's no way that we can know that Ruben Neves is going to pick up an NCL injury uh, and be out for 
six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it may be in the end. But they were shorthanded um, without Neves. It, ex- well, exactly. This, yeah, and this, this is the point I'm about to make. And I, I think we're on this, the same wavelength on this one, that um, for quality in depth, and I think those two things have to go hand in hand in this, because you can say in depth and have a drawdown or Kundal behind, but I think you need quality in depth. Mm. For me, I, I always found that Wolves were, were one or two injuries away in key areas from, from really struggling, and we saw that um, against Newcastle. I, I, I didn't think that... And I think it was a very difficult game for Luke Kundal to come in. Uh, very different position, of course, because he played in a three against Spurs. Yeah. Um, I thought he slightly got better in the second half, but overall, I didn't think he was great. No, he had a uh, disappointing game. Yeah. He had a poor game. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too, you know, too hard on him, but you know, he's a nineteen-year-old lad. But at the end of the day, I've got to, you know, call it as it is. I didn't, I didn't think he had a great game. Um, I mean, neither did a lot of others, by the way. No, no, no. He's no. He's not the only one by far. I mean, I could, I can count one or two players I thought did okay mm. and okay is about as far as I'll go yeah. with it to be honest um, but yeah I think Wolves are the get the, the I, start, I just feel like they're one to two players away from 100% having European football and that's that's always yeah. the worry it's, you know when everybody's fit and everybody's firing yeah we don't need this we don't need A we don't need B we don't need C we don't need D but it's a squad and it's a squad for a reason because at the end of this season a long hard season there have been stops there's been starts there's been you know international breaks and people are going to pick up injuries and when you're playing a lot of games in a short period of time this is exactly why you need a good squad and not only do you need a good big squad you need a quality squad you need some yeah. quality in there and Wolves lacked quality on Friday night I think that was the, the main reason and I'm not saying that Wolves need to spend 10, 15, 20 million pounds getting that player. I mean, it's great if they do, but shown in the, you know, in the, in the financial structure, that's not probably not going to happen unless they, they, you know, they sell to buy or whatever. But there's players out there, and and I look at I look at let's say let's say Brentford, and I look at even getting like someone like a Christian Eriksen. I mean, Christian Eriksen. Can you imagine Christian Eriksen at Wolves? But they've taken a chance on him, you know. And I'm not. The, there's types of players there who are available for not a lot of money, who are dynamic midfielders, who can can create chances, who can make things out of nowhere, who have got proven quality. You don't have to break the bank for these players. And yes, it was a gamble that they got Ericsson. I understand that, and, and maybe you know. But at the same time, bravo because they've taken a risk. And they probably kept them in the division. And if they hadn't got him, I could see Brentford at one point going one way and potentially getting dragged into a relegation battle. They've won four out of four every single game he's played and he's had a pride in a sister a goal. There are players who are difference makers and I just feel that they are lacking that one, if not, or two quality players that eventually, and I hope I'm wrong, will end up costing them in European football. There's a, there's a difference between a, a risk and a calculated risk. Mm. And I think Wolves are always going to air on the side of caution with that um, but then you can be pedantic and say that every transfer is a calculated risk really isn't it you never know what's going to happen to a player or how they're going to settle in um, but I think we yeah I think we come down on the same side of the coin on this one that I, I felt and I know you, you agree that Wolves needed one or two they needed one or two quality players I felt this obviously in the summer as well and that probably one or two was a minimum then uh, because of course they went on and had a great first half of the season Um and I'll, I'll phrase it slightly differently. It may not be the difference between them definitely getting Europe, but it mm. may be the difference in these next six games with them falling out of the race for Europe, which I think it's a slightly different... It may come to the same conclusion, of course, but I think it's a slightly different way of wording it that um, Wolves have done very well with the, the squad they've got this year. And we talk, we've spoken about whether they're overachieving or, or whether it's just um, you know they're, they're just that good. I think individually they, they've got a lot of very good players and, they, and they've had some great team performances, but... You, look, you go through the squad one by one in depth and they don't stack up to the teams around them purely mm. because of the numbers I think in terms of talent they do with a lot of the teams around them in fact particularly United and, and West Ham actually but in terms of in depth not at all so that's the the one thing that perhaps it's easy to point to but you look at the injuries and you look at the, the players that were missing against Newcastle and, and it seems fairly obvious um, but then Bruno's reaction and it'd be interesting see what you think about this his reaction to being asked about that is to say you know I had 12-13 players he, he means outfield players when he says mm. that I had 12-13 players in January and we were winning I, I wasn't complaining when I was winning I'm not going to complain now that I'm losing I don't know whether that's um, saving face perhaps as, a, as, a, as an answer um, well, has, I mean, but has he got a point there well 
I mean, he, he was complaining in December time <laughs> well, when, when January window because he was saying he wanted, he, wanted, he wanted more players. It's, he a, it's it a great off. point, exactly. And then they had to kind of, uh, you know, they kind of eventually got on the right page and he was saying, no, 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 it's all fine. But, you know, Bruno was very vocal in the fact that he wanted more yeah, players. So yeah. you can say that at the end. You know, yes, the results were happy. So, you know, he wasn't maybe as vociferous as he would normally be. But at the same great time, he was, he was at the same time kind of, kind of <laughs> saying what he wanted in the media because he, he did need more players. So... I think maybe he's playing, you know, playing the, the long game here, and uh, you know, fair play. It's not as if he's, he can get a couple of players now, can he? Yeah, you, exactly, left, yeah. You, You've got what you've got now until until the summer opens up. Um, I guess one player who is on a permanent, or well, he is on a permanent because they signed a, a pre-contract agreement. is Huang Liam um, started unbelievably, crowd favourite, everybody loving him. Could obviously finish. Um, which I think Wolves are lacking at that stage. I couldn't. They didn't have a finisher, even when you know when people like Raúl were available, they were missing chances. So to have someone to to have a new play, to have someone who was um, you know loving life and and started great, but he tailed off a little bit before he got injured at Brighton, I believe it was. He that was, was December, wasn't he? he tailed December. off just before that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, tailed off and then got injured, and then came the announcement that they were going to sign him. It was a loan with a view to permanent the end of this season, but Wolves jump the gun or Jeff jumped the gun a little bit and which is fine and, and saying look we're going to sign him at the end of the season it's all in place you're essentially a permanent player I mean yeah. you know regardless if Juan gets injured tomorrow let's hope he doesn't or you know or doesn't score scores 100 goals he's signing with Wolverhampton Wanderers at the end of the season nothing can change that but since he's come back he has not really set the world alight I think is, is fair to say He's been in and out the side. He's been disappointing. And apart from the goals, there's not a lot else from my eyes looking at the game that's going on there. So then that leads me to believe, let's look back and go, well, why, why, would, you, why would you put yourself into that position where you are going to sign him six months early when you've got that six months and you've got first option at the end of the summer? Why, why would you not have a look at that, especially when his performances were tailing off a little bit before the injury. Then he's got his, inju- got his injury. For me, that's the perfect situation of what the loan within, with, with a view to buy is or the first option to buy is, is there for so that you can have a look at a guy over a full season. Injuries, you know, good form, bad form, character, and you can make a, you can make a decision on at the end of the season. I feel like maybe, and again, I'm not 100% sure, but obviously January wasn't going to be the most productive month in terms of transfers. So could have Wolves jumped the gun here and maybe tried to appease an in inverted commas fans with a signing, knowing that they were probably going to sign him at that point, but they weren't definitely. So, OK, well, we've got that signing in, but knowing they're not going to get all these, you know, Renato Sanchez and a couple of all of these big names and, you know, a defender and a central midfielder. So let's get that so we've got something over the line. So we have had a productive-ish in inverted commas, you know, uh, January transfer window. When really, I'm looking at it now and I'm going, if they hadn't signed him, I think it would be quite an important last six games for Huang to show what he can do because I wouldn't be convinced that I were going to sign at the end of the season. I, remember I spoke we, for a long time there. Yeah, I, I know, I was falling asleep. Um, <laughs> I think we had the same conversation when he signed, didn't we, in January on this podcast. And uh, I don't think my views changed really that... I found he did jump the gun a little bit. Um, I do quite like him as a player in terms of what he his style, what he offers, how he fits the system. He does remind me, and we said this earlier in the season, albeit he didn't against Newcastle and hasn't recently, but he reminds me of a similar style or type of player to Diogo Jota. Uh, I think he could potentially fill that void that Jota has left. The Wolves have never really replaced since he left as well. Um, but you're right, when a player is, is, is tailing off a little bit in form, then has an injury that he was keeping him out until February anyway. Um, it didn't feel like it made much sense to me to to just you know agree to sign him because the way that deal was put together as well was that he'd already signed his um, or already agreed rather sorry his uh, his contract for his permanent deal. That was when he signed on loan in the summer. Um, that was already agreed, so it was done and. Obviously, the, the figure and everything was already agreed with, with Leipzig. So all that Wolves had to do was, and this sounds very simple, but quite literally turn to Leipzig and say, we're confirming now yeah. that we're going to be signing him. Yeah. That's what they had to do. So yeah. you know, no money's been exchanged. That won't be done until the summer, et cetera, et cetera. So with it being that simple, and they, you know, they weren't um, 
you know, they weren't being forced into it because there was other clubs' interest or other clubs in for it. I mean, I know there was rumours about other clubs, but mm. Wolves were very much in the driving seat for that deal. Um, and, and for me at the time, I felt that it, it, it jumped the gun a little bit. And and now you've got a player who I do still like in terms of what he offers and his characteristics and his attributes, but who is very much off form at the moment. Um, I thought against Newcastle he was very, very poor, him and, him and Trincao. But Call it now, would you sign Would you sign Huang if uh, the season ended tomorrow? 14 million. Um, is I'd, that what the price was, around 14? Uh, uh, that was in euros, I think it was 12. Okay. Yeah, 12, 12 million quid. Um, I actually would. Okay. And that's the re- the yeah, re- no, that's the, fine. Yeah, right. the reasons being that I, I think we've seen enough... As a squad, and an adaptable player, as a pl- I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I probably agree. But at the same time, I might not have that opinion in six games' time, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's a, a fair... A fair way to put it because um, I think you have to give yourself or allow yourself that time to to assess him as a player over a full season. Of course, you know we don't want injuries to happen to players, but they do, and and he may pick one up. But I think you talk about whether it's sort of appeased fans or, or whatever. And maybe that's part of it. But I feel like, uh, and this is you know me speculating really, but I feel that Bruno would have been a you know a major driving force behind that deal uh, because he he loves. And, and, and what he offers because he fits his style very aggressive works hard tracks back he fits his style perfectly um, and of course he, he's, you know, he said when he was at Benfica he was tracking him before and he, him and his coaching staff or, or the scouting team as well so um, I think that, it, that that really is what it comes down to and funny enough actually I, I noticed at the Newcastle game and I think this is the case anyway from the angle I was at this is what it looked like um, Bruno gave Huang a right old bollocking in that mm. first half at one point because mm. he was he looked very disinterested he was walking around it was um, it was a type of performance that even the we talk about the desire and the simple things that, that you have to do as a, as a footballer the prerequisites of being a footballer working hard which I think he does all the time yeah. I didn't see that against Newcastle at mm. all and um, and Bruno gave him a right <laughs> shouting at in that first half but I think he's been a major driving force behind behind keeping him because I just think he he loves how he fits the system. Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you gave me a choice between Huang and Trincao to sign in the season, I would, I would have picked Huang. I mean, I think you'd be exactly the same. And particularly with the, the funds involved in those two deals as well. When yeah. you look at, there's a, there's a good 10, well, more than 10 million difference between them. Yeah, um, Trincao, disappointing display again. Um, after after showing promise, I guess, and we said there was a big next six, seven games for him and it's not really... Um, not really happening, and I, and, I, and I think the writing's starting to to be on the wall. I think in, for that deal, and remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really changed my opinion on him to be honest, because he has a very good cameo might be a harsh way of describing it, but a very good end of the first half and a fairly okay second half against Leeds. Does all right in the following game, and then Newcastle, similar to Wang, just totally anonymous. I mean, I write my player ratings. I, I think I barely wrote two or three words. Just said absolutely utterly anonymous in, in for both of them um, and a player like Trincao who I think has got a lot of talent if you, I mean, you can see that in some of the play you know albeit few and far between but you have to judge a player over a season and if he has one one and a half good games in 30 32 33 games it's nowhere near enough for me to sign a player permanently how many times do we need to say Fabio Silva worked really hard <laughs> Well, he did. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Look, I'm playing devil's advocate because I praise Fabio Silva on occasion. And I think, and I think he does work out, and I think his his movement is is very good. But how many times does it become too many times where you're like, okay, well, you got to show me a bit more now? And yeah. I'm not going to bring the price tag into it because we always do that, and people will always do that. But at the same time, you know, this is his. He obviously was very good against Aston Villa, and I was disappointed really with um, a lot of the players, and he was one of many uh, on Friday night. To the extent where I think like if he had another good game, another positive game, he would be playing against Burnley a week on Sunday. Raul's back from suspension. I don't. I would suspect Raul would come back into this side. I think so as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't think anyone had a particularly good game against uh, against Newcastle, but I thought Fabio was one of few that was slightly mm. slightly better. Did okay. He's one of those that comes into that okay bracket for me, which is not exactly a compliment. Um, I thought he was he was starved of service. Um, the midfield was far too deep and negative. The two players either side of him, Huang and Trincao, were anonymous and didn't link up at all. Um, partly his fault, partly not. I don't think he's fully at fault. Um, but when you discuss Fabio and we talk about how amazing he was uh, 
maybe amazing again. He's probably maybe been a bit too kind, but how very good he was against uh, against Villa. Um, I think you have to, and this is just being fair in, mm. in, in analysis of a player. You have to, and particularly a striker, you have to keep coming back and say, yes, he did A, B, and C very, very well, but he still hasn't scored. Mm. Now he didn't really have many chances to score against Newcastle. The second half, he was actually, I think, he was one of the better players in the second half, where he created a couple of chances, hit the side netting um, with a, a pretty decent effort, and was, you know, was trying to force something. But a striker ultimately gets judged on their goals, and um, he's not he's not got one this season, and and, and that's really what people are going to remember, and that's, that's what the stats are going to remember. They're not going to remember a, a great battling performance against Villa. They're going to remember that he's not got any goals, and I think that's that's the um, the biggest thing for him. It's the monkey needs to go off his back, and he's only got six games to do it, and he may not do it this season. But um, that's something that has to that has to improve. They've got a decision to make on Fabio at the end of the season, and I think that's one that we'll, we'll probably come to because it's we could spend half an hour talking about Fabio. Um, Wolves are going to sign a striker. I'm certain of it this summer. I, I'd imagine so. I mean, Bruno's wanted one uh, in both windows. And, yeah. And so, yeah. So so does that? Do you keep Fabio Silva around as your third striker? Is that any good? Do you put him on loan? Do you do you, do you look at um, other options for him? It'd be an interesting one. And again. A subject for another day. Just, just very quickly on that, yeah. I, I won't go into it, as mm. you say, a subject for another day, but there being five subs next season, mm. I think will potentially help Fabio in terms of getting more minutes and also potentially help him stay and not be going on loan somewhere. Okay. Um, because Bruno's spoken a couple of times recently about of the 30, first 30 games, 18 times he had to make a sub for either mm. his right or left back. So there was times he was planning to bring Fabio on, but he'd already made two subs and then right. he couldn't because he was forced into other substitutions. So I think that being five subs next season could potentially help him. You're going to love writing those match reports with those substitutions, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. God. God well, you, know, you know when you're... I assume it's three phases though, right? It is, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. It, and then half-time is an additional phase, so four technically, but three in-game right. phases. Right, okay, yeah. okay. Um, one last thing before we get uh, off Newcastle um, interesting when they were still 1-0 down and um, you know I think it took forever to, to, to bring on substitutions in this long, game to be honest. a couple of things to come out of that one um, at the post-match press conference he kind of was asked about Pedro Neto and he said he's not ready to he's only, he can only play 20 minutes or 30 minutes which I thought was an interesting quote because I'm like well he started a game you know he started a game before the injury but does that mean that we're not going to see Pedro Neto? I think a lot of people will be hoping that Pedro Neto might get a start against Burnley. So if he's still not built up again, it seems like he's gone backwards in terms of playing time and maybe fitness. Um, and we're maybe not going to see Pedro Neto start a game between now and the end of the season. So is that a case? And the other thing I wanted to mention was um, seeing Chem Campbell come on mm. um, ahead of ahead of Chiquinho. And I think you know Chiquinho's looked pretty lively. Uh, maybe a little bit... Not, I'm going to say not headless chickenish when he's come on, but he's 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 aggressive and he just runs and hits the ball and he's 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 all action. But I was expecting, I think that game needed some all action in there because it was such a dull game. Um, so it was interesting that Campbell came on, you know, ahead of Chiquinho didn't get on the pitch. So so those two, you know, um, things. What do you what do you make of it? Yeah, with, with Pedro, um, I mean, they're, I think they're just very concerned, terrified, really, of him picking up a long-term injury again. Um, he had that setback, of course, that sort of impact injury that kept him out. I think it was two games, was it? Um, so I think they're they're just managing his minutes. Um, I think fitness-wise, in terms of cardiovascular fitness, he, he, he probably can play more than 20 minutes. I think they're just concerned about overloading him and, and him picking up another injury. Do I think he'll start? I think he probably could start one towards the end, potentially. Um, six games is still a lot of time, a lot of lot of football to be played. So I think uh, I think we could, but you, I don't suspect he'll start four, five, or six of the last six. Uh, I think that's just unlikely. They're just concerned about him getting picking up another niggle, basically. Um, with Chiquinho and Campbell, it, it, it's interesting this one. Um, I'm not big headed enough, big headed enough rather, to think that this is the case, but. Perhaps I'm, I had a say in uh, in Jim Campbell coming on. Wow! Because... <laughs> I don't I don't think it is the case, but I'll explain. Um, it's just a, wow. a, an interesting. <laughs> I think there's a Dalek in the room. Um, it was just a bit of a coincidence, really, that um, on at the press conference the day before that game on Thursday, um, I asked about uh, Chem. 
Uh, oh, actually, I think I asked about Chiquinho, actually. And, and so it, that's and, why you asked about Chiquinho. And, and, and like, went, he's not getting on then. Keenan's uh, asking about Chiquinho. Either way, I can't remember which way around it was, but I asked about one of them, and and, and it sort of turned into a into an answer about both of the players together. Um, and Bruno has said this in the past, actually. He said this when Chiquinho first came in, and he's sort of doubled down on it. He said, I see both the players at the same level. Uh, I think it's the story that he's out today on the uh, Express Star website. Um, he sees them both at the same level. He doesn't see either of them above the other in terms of where they're at uh, quality-wise, in terms of their progression. I think uh, Chiquinho is 22 now, I think. Mm. Chem's 19. So there's a little bit of difference there in age, certainly. But uh, he sees them pretty much at the same. And the reason that he's prioritised, I suppose, uh, Chiquinho on the bench or preferred him is that he can play him at right wing-back if he desperately needs an attacking player on and I think he's done that once I think in the five or six games Chiquinho's come on he's played at right wing back when they're chasing the game um, so that's the, that's the reason basically is what, is what he says uh, and he said that you know he's got full belief and faith in Chem and he's doing really he's scoring goals doing really well for the 23s he says all of this and then the next day he, play, he plays him <laughs> so um, so you're, you're the man Keener well I, I mean, he'd have already known the players he was taking so I mean maybe I pushed him to in terms of bringing him on, but he was he was he'd have been travelling anyway because of the uh, the uh, injury to Daniel Pudence. But um, but yeah, it, it's I think really with them too, it's I think he sees Chiquinho as probably better as an impact, better mm-hmm. versatility wise as, as he mentioned with the right wing back situation. But really, um, it's just a case of the well the reason Campbell came on is that just to give him the chance, just to give him an opportunity. It's not like he had, you know. Quang, Trincao, Pedent on the bench there and they didn't come on as well. It was another young lad that he sees at the same level. So I don't think there's really much of a, a talking point with it. It's just that he he, he decided to give Chem uh, an opportunity. It was his first Premier League appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really do much, but that's not... I don't think that's any bearing on him. It was a... Uh, you know, he, he wasn't given much time to, to make an impact and it was a difficult game to come on in. Uh, but yeah, just give, giving him a chance really. Yeah, great for him to come on. As yeah, well, definitely. especially that fantastic. Yeah. And, and he's done he's done excellent for the twenty threes. I mean, we watched him a couple of times. Mm. Every time I've seen him, he's been great. I interviewed him back in. I think it was September, sometime around there. Um, seems a very down to earth lad and and, and, a, and a good player. So yeah. Quick word on the women. Um, nailed it. Two nil. Two nil win on Sunday. Uh, won the division. It was always coming. This wasn't it. We're going to be there tonight. I think to uh, to welcome them home. It's going to be a, a fantastic occasion. So that is a brilliant achievement and now all focus goes on to that playoff game now, doesn't it, next month? Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, an excellent an excellent achievement. Um, cruised really to, to victory uh, against Sheffield um, on Sunday, which is what we expected. You know, they beat them 5-0 in the reverse fixture, so we expect them to at least get a point. Uh, cruised through and um, Dan and his, and his side to, to secure... The title with um, with three games to spare yeah. is an excellent excellent achievement for a team who has gone from strength to strength pretty much every year. And it, you know things like COVID getting in the way, um, and, and they're sort of getting their their rewards for that that hard work now. Um, and and they're you know they're very very talented and, and close knit side, and, it, and it's great to see them doing so well. And um, very much looking forward to to tonight. You know they're going to get a guard of honour from Brighouse Town um, when when they come out. Of, of course, it's at Molyneux. First time in 20 years that the Wolves women have played at Molyneux. Um, so for every player and for Dan and every coach that are involved with, with Wolves women, it's a, just, a, again, another reward for what has been an excellent season. Um, and just as a side note, the story that's on the, again, uh, expressed on website today, the chairman of Brighouse Town is a Wolves fan and from Wolverhampton. Uh, so I did a sort of feature with him, which you can read, which is, uh, yeah, just a bit of a coincidence, really, and, and quite a nice read. So... Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great to, to, to go down and watch them today. Well, I think we'll be doing a video post-game. Won't yes, we? we shall be. I'll have a report on everything online. Uh, live stream. Live stream. I'll be doing interviews, whole shebang. interviews afterwards. So yeah, the whole the whole lot. And we'll be there for the playoff game as well, hopefully. Yeah, oh, yeah. I completely forgot about the playoff mm. game. Uh, mm. Yeah, we don't have a, a date or location yet, but as, as I said on the, the podcast before, we're looking at May. Um, season ends, beginning of May. I believe they've got the... Cup final, the Birmingham Cup final against Albion on the 11th of May, I think it is off the top of my head. Um, so it's sometime after That's that. That's a win then. Oh well, yeah, you'd imagine <laughs> so. So it's sometime after that. Um, you're probably looking at mid mid to late May uh, for, uh, for for the playoff. And yeah, as I say, it'll be against at a neutral venue against the winner of the Southern um, National League Premier, and uh, and then 
you know, a one-off game. If they win that, they're mm. the champ. Magnificent. Uh, right, we've got 10 minutes to go on to some questions. First of all, word from our sponsors, Adoption at Heart. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event visit adoptionatheart.org.uk. To see the next available dates or to book your place, call 01902 one eight. Yes, Keno, he remembers. It Boom. Gets in there. Boom. He's taken in thirty episodes, but he's remembered it. Right. Okay. Um, question is from the peeps. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We've got like we've got ten minutes. So one. Can we do one minute per question? I'll do my best. Thirty seconds per question. I'll do my best. Okay. You know I like to talk. Okay. Here we go. What's more annoying? A. Losing when we play poorly, Newcastle or Palace. B. Losing when you play well but miss chances and get a dodgy VAR decision, United or City. Or C. Losing after being in front, Leeds. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question, Mark uh, Davis. All of them very annoying. Yes. I think I, I was going to say A until C came along. Mm. I think when you're in a position like that, 2 0 lead at Leeds or against Leeds, you have to win that game. So I think I'd go C. Amar's Music Show, we will try. Will we try and sign Paulinho and Nunes even if never stays? Or are these just replacements if he leaves? Yeah, I suspect they'll be certainly after a, um, a midfielder, regardless of whether Neves Moutinho stay. I think Bruno's made that very clear um, that he wants a, a different style of midfielder. Um, either of those players seem to fit the bill, but of course, Pellini has been sort of on the radar for a long time. Uh, it just depends on the kind of money we're talking about, because I think there's been a few decent-sized figures thrown around with, with his name attached to it. So, um, yeah, I suspect it's not just a case of you know, one in, one out, and they want to make some additions as well. Um, but we have to caveat that with they're not going to bring 10 players in and spend 200 million but yeah Greg says any post-game post shenanigans to report on from Newcastle couldn't really get couldn't really have time to go out could we we were disappointed we had a couple of drinks didn't we a couple, yeah, of, a couple of gin and tonics and a loud loud bar yeah. very loud for me <laughs> it was, well it was alright once we were around the corner and got our little booth that we were we were sat in yeah well yeah, I got a, a pint for free as well didn't I the, you had three pints in Moretti crazy I know in uh, about 45 minutes yeah well you know I'm a I'm a big drinker. A big um, drinker. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, well, no, I went to the went to the bar, asked for a gin and tonic for you mm-hmm. and a pint of Moretti for me. Mm-hmm. She came back with two pints of Moretti. I said, sorry, I only wanted one of them and one uh, gin and tonic. And she said, oh, just take it. So I got a free Dream. Pint. Happy days. Dream for the student. And it's your round as well, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong, mate. There was, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the quality of alcohol behind in, in the Newcastle bars aren't really normally what I get. So I currently order... A nice, uh, nice margarita because the quality, you know, the, the, some of the spirits were poor, so I had to go safe with the gin and tonic. The quality really. was bang on with me. Ben Retti's a nice, a nice mm. lager, so I was happy. Mm. Um, he also says, uh, do the do the current top four teams feel locked in to finish this season? There, yes, I think and, so. And uh, how do you see the rest of the top eight playing out? Feels like Wolves have to keep an eye on Leicester City now too. I don't think they have to keep an eye on Leicester City because if Leicester City overtake them, they don't deserve to be in Europe, to be honest. So, and you know, they've got to win at least minimum three games for me. Greg, minimum three games yeah, uh, for I them agree. to be to, to be in the European um, positions. And so I can't see Leicester winning five out of the next six or whatever. So I don't worry too much about them. Uh, how do you see the top eight playing out? I mean, I think for me, as a gambling man, I would say that Wolves at this moment will probably finish eighth. But the, they could, and they perhaps should, finish seventh if they can at least get three wins, starting with Burnley. Burnley's must win now, by the way. Burnley and Brighton are, are, both must are, win. Are verging must win. Burnley certainly, but I think Brighton is, is probably as well, yeah. particularly at home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Steve Barnes, um, Wolves have lost five games in the last six weeks, and all have been on the manager. Arsenal sat back and waited for time to take over the game. West Ham, wrong team selection, wrong game plan. Palace, as above. Leeds, rabbit in headlights after the red did not change it. Newcastle, wrong team selection, wrong mentality, no in-game reaction. Where Wolves are this season is much in spite of Bruno's because discuss. It's a, it's an interesting talking point. I um you know we get we lauded him last week, didn't we, on on the podcast? And I think he still deserves all that praise because I think he's done an excellent job with the squad he's got, um, with the transition of coming in and following Nuno. I think he's done an excellent job, but at the same time, there's been there's been mistakes made. We've we've spoken about it throughout the season. I think there's been plenty of occasions, 
plenty of examples of Wolves failing to bring subs on quick enough. Um, which is probably the biggest one for me. I think that you know, you, I think you need to react a bit quicker in, in games. Um, and I can't really disagree with with much of what you said there in that question. Bar potentially leads, I feel like yes, you could have made a change, but I think that was more a mentality within the squad that they sat back uh, so quickly and so deep. But other, other than that, most of them I, I probably agree with. There's been a few errors with style and lineups and subs. Uh, over time, but when you when you play, you know, so far they've played just over thirty games. When you play that amount of games, there are going to be mistakes here and there. You know, the, the best teams make it as well. Uh, Andy Smith, was there an argument for Sace to replace then Donker in midfield? Here we go against Newcastle, as opposed to bringing in Kundal. Um, short answer: No, Cody. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just play me in midfield. It's fine, man. Um, Look, I you know, professional footballers in the you know in the modern day are very intelligent, very versatile athletes. But I think it would have been a big mistake and a damning indictment on Kundal if you play Sice or Cody in there. I think they, you know, they haven't played there for a long, long time, and it would be uh, Cody in particular a long, long time, and it wouldn't. Um, it's a very different position to play. It wouldn't make any sense. Rodney Gibbons, I'm in Dubai. Any suggestions on what to do, Kino? Never been, mate. It's all, this is all on you. 30 seconds. Uh, 30 seconds. Oh, God. Uh, get yourself on the beach, son. Get yourself to the Burj Khalifa. Um, get yourself uh, shopping at the Dubai Mall. Uh, go, and, go and have a go with the penguins. Go to the... Uh, what else is there? Um, penguins, you There's penguins inside the mall, yeah. Penguins, there's a big... Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's a big ski slope in the middle of the mall. They're like tigers and stuff wandering no around. No tigers, but there, there, was, there, was an, there was a huge aquarium there as well. A few cougars for you. Oh, mate, can't <laughs> go wrong with that. Um, what else, what else, what else? Oh, go to Thai Pie restaurant, fantastic, in the Jamara Properties. Uh, apart from that, mate, um, don't go to the soup. Gold soup is overrated. Um, get your shopping and make sure you get your 5% cash back at the airport. There you go. Okay, Sean Irish Wolf says, uh, Kundal was much more attacking after we conceded, but was it on him or Bruno that he was so negative before that? Um, I think it's it, I think it's on him, but I think it's also partly uh, that the movement in front of him was very poor as well. Um, but he, yeah, you're right, you know, he was coming exceptionally deep, giving the ball away, making errors, so I think that has to be on him. Alex Birch says, after an overall very impressive season, do you think Wolves will be very active in the summer to back Bruno and overhaul the squad so he can play the system or systems he wants? Or will it be another conservative summer where we don't significantly improve the first team squad? I think you're probably looking so in the middle. Um, I don't think you're going to see an overhaul. Uh, I'd be shocked. Uh, you know, If you're going to see something like that, well, bearing in mind it doesn't really fit in with Wolves' structure anyway, but if you are going to see something like that, it's probably happening in, in the first summer when he comes in. Uh, I don't think you see an overhaul, but I do think you see, you know, a mixture of probably of loans and, and permanents and a good two or three, hopefully, quality first team players coming in because I think they, they need it. Uh, Matt's talking about the well, whether triggering the early release was a, for Huang was a mistake, so we kind of discussed that. Um, he said he's not seeing the benefit unless we're planning another Afobi style deal. Well, I mean, that's an interesting take on it. I'd be very surprised. Um, that was a one in a million, wasn't it? The Afobi <laughs> deal. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No. Andrew Hadfield says, any reason Chiquinho shouldn't start at least a few games? I'll, I'll open that up to, let's say Wolves don't get the results they need against Burnley and Brighton and one or, or both, and you know, seventh top seven is is out of reach. Would you start? Would you like to see the likes of these guys start playing? You know, Chem Campbell, um, you know, Luke Kundal. Maybe you know even like Fabio, you know these players who are, and play more more of them to see what they're about when really the the European football is gone. I think yes, you could only do that when the European football is gone, if and when it's gone. Um, before that, I think it that would be that'd be foolish, unless of course you're forced <laughs> forced into it. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the only situation you can see that, and even then. I don't think it's realistic that Wolves will do that. I think they'll try and be competitive in every game. Um, but I can, I, I personally would probably give Chiquinho a start in maybe, maybe one game. Depends on how the next couple go. Uh, Kate says, "What happened after the game? I was expecting drunken tweets." <laughs> well, I would have stayed away from them anyway, just in case. But uh, now, as you say, I mean, yeah, we, we obviously got out quite late after the game. Had it been a Saturday, 
you know, three o'clock kickoff or something, we'd have been we'd have been out all night. Three o'clock kickoff on a win, and uh, would have been a different story. Today. Been, but we can't, yeah. we can't, we can't, we can't. We'd be drowning our sorrows, and no one, no one, no one does well after drowning the sorrows, do they? No. Apart from maybe Mr. Donna at uh, three a.m. We still have three, you know, very nice. Uh, well, I, I oh, three, you were three. Yeah, nice little chat too. It was a little cute day. It was nice. It was a long, long walk, mate. We were back and forth. We must have done about 10k bloody walking. <laughs> uh, Jack Wiggins says, uh, can anyone tell me what happens if West Ham and, and or Leicester win their European competitions? Will sixth and seventh place still get us Europe? Can't seem to find this information anywhere. Yeah, I've... Uh, you said it about 20 times. I spoke, yeah, I think it, maybe, maybe more. Um, it's far. I, I give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt in that they don't make it very clear mm. the governing bodies, and in fact, they don't tell you anything about the winner of the Conference League. Of course, I know it's the first season of it, but they uh, they make it very difficult for you to find out the information. Um, but I've spoken to probably a dozen people about this, and the consensus I'm getting back is that the winner of either of those does not affect, will not affect Wolves, and it will drop to seventh. Obviously, depending on the FA Cup, if Palace win the FA Cup. It's only going to sixth, and that'll be conference, and Wolves are in tough luck. Daniel Patrick, as you've both been to most Wolves games this season, in your opinion, what is the best and worst performances you have seen from this Wolves team? Oh, tough one. Um, best, potentially United away, or maybe no. Watford at home, perhaps. Spurs away. Spurs away for me, probably. Spur- uh, actually, yeah, not, not, yeah, Spurs away, maybe. United away was good. His first win mm. since not. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, so Different if it's like memories or actual yeah. performance. If it's, if it's actual performance, I'd probably go Spurs. Mm. But if it's yeah, if it's for what it was, I'd say yeah. United probably worst. Worst. I mean, Newcastle's up there, isn't it? it? Definitely is up there. Both games against Palace, Brentford at home, Brentford at home, maybe West Ham away. West yeah, Ham away West was Ham probably was brutal. That was probably worse than Arsenal away. Just yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Um, Daniel says where should I expect to see Wolves in the US this summer yeah well we're still we're still waiting to hear I know they as I said we were on, on there on here before they were looking at Texas before um, but it's still still up in the air well, I think we're hoping to find out soon sooner rather uh, later yeah. Wayne Mackay why have Wolves become perennial bottle jobs uh, <laughs> how do I answer that question um Maybe maybe a tad harsh to say that. Um, Paul that. Mansell says, "When you go into a press conference, are there any ever any questions that are off limits?" Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't get you know sat down and told I can't uh, I can't ask this or can't ask that. Um, you know the job of of a club uh, press officer um, sometimes, and you have seen probably videos of press conferences and seen this plenty of times before. Is sometimes I'll interrupt and say he's not talking about that. Is is in the manager or you know, I think that's enough questions on this particular topic, for example. And that, um, I mean, it's, it's actually not happened to me this season, but it does happen, you know, in football in, in general. But going into a press conference, no, it, um, yeah, I don't ever get told that I can't, I can't ask anything. Did Jose Sasa, Sean, save the window for Jeff? He was a fluke signing. They had no idea a six million pound goalkeeper from the Greek league would be able to live up to Rui. If Jose flopped, the whole window would have been a disaster. Should Bruno be given full control in the summer? Well, I think that's a little. I think that's a little harsh as well. Um, from my understanding of it, and you know, having spoken to who I have a you know around Wolves and, and the transfers, that um, albeit Ruby was a very good servant to the club and, and obviously a very good goalkeeper, albeit you know the odd mistake that they're all, all aware of. In terms of Bruno's style, Jose Sarr fitted it like a T. They got a very very good offer. In fact, for his age and. Um, and, the, and the money involved, it was a they couldn't really turn down the offer from from Roma, um, and they had an opportunity to bring in a goalkeeper that they felt fitted uh, Bruno's system a lot better and the way he wants to play, and uh, and they got him for a very good deal. So um, I don't think it was a case of them not being aware and him saving the, the transfer window. I think it was a, a, a very, in hindsight, a very good calculated transfer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and last one. Richard Roten says, "Does it feel like Wolves are going to have a major say in who wins the title?" Oh yeah, I, I think I said this last week as well. I um, I really do think they will because I said I can't remember if it was on here or whether it was a conversation in the office I had with someone that um, I felt that City Liverpool the weekend was going to be a draw, and I felt that it's probably going to go down to the final day. 
I also felt that Wolves' European run would go down to the final day, which of course it still might because you know all the teams lost at the weekend, and uh, and Wolves were away at um, are away at uh, no, away at Liverpool, sorry, and then Villa. Interestingly enough, I've got City. Mm. Of course, they've got the Gerard and Coutinho connection mm. there. Uh, I think two millions of clubs there could have a big say in it. Um, but of course, if Wolves are fighting for Europe on the last day as well. It's probably not the best position to be in to be away at a Liverpool side that you were you were trying to win the title, but I think it will. I think all of it potentially, particularly the title, will go down to the last day. Interesting, right, Keena? That's it. Uh, we'll obviously have a podcast next week where we'll be going pre Burnley, uh, but we'll have to watch the Wolves women. So I'm excited. We'll have to go. And unbelievably, after two 90 minute podcasts, I've kept this one to under an hour, 59 minutes and 54, five, six, seven. We'll have to see you. See you soon. Have a good weekend. Bye bye.